Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the LifePoint Christian Church Podcast. Let's get started. Welcome, and thanks for joining us. I don't know if you're like me, but uh, I really feel stuck right now. How about you? Do you feel stuck? I mean, I feel like I am stuck. I'm stuck at home. I'm stuck in the state of the unknown. I'm stuck in the uncertainty. For some of you, you might be stuck in some really, really bad circumstances. Maybe you don't have a job anymore. Maybe some of you are stuck in a bad relationship, or some of you are stuck with the kids, and you don't know how to teach them, and and you don't know what to even do with them all day long. You just feel stuck, and some of you are stuck in a bad health situation, and the reality is some of you are stuck home alone. So what do you do when you're stuck? How do you act, and how do you react? I mean, this is a crazy time, and we can't figure out what to do. What attitude should we have during this time? I mean, this has been a crazy time in the last month, and, and, and I can say for my own self that there's been times when I've had a good attitude, but there's been some other times this last month when I've had a really, really bad attitude, a poor attitude. I mean, I need to get out. I'm going crazy. How do you act, and how do you react when you are stuck? I, I want to tell you about another person who is stuck. His name is Paul. We refer to him as the Apostle Paul. And Paul is going to write this incredible letter to a group of Christians who live in the city of Philippi. And Paul, when he writes this, he is stuck in some horrible circumstances himself. And I can tell you this, his attitude is an attitude I want to have. His perspective is a perspective that I want to have, especially in this season where I feel like I'm just really stuck. In fact, what he writes has carried believers through their darkest darks, their shadowest of shadows, as we referenced a few weeks ago in Psalm 23. What he writes has helped believers for centuries. Some of the most favorite or or famous or or, or, uh, personal verses and helpful verses are found in this letter that Paul writes to the Philippians. I mean, I think about some of the most famous and important verses out there. And of course you have, you know, John 3.16, probably the most famous of all. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. And, and, and when you think about famous verses, you might think of Acts 2.42, where the, the, uh, the believers were together and, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the breaking of bread, to fellowship and prayer. Maybe when you think about famous, important uh, bedrock verses, you might think of the verses in Romans, you know, that we often call the, the, you know, the the Romans road, which shares the gospel, the uh, salvation story, Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, Romans 5.8, Romans 10.9, Romans 10.13, and and then maybe you might even have as one of your bedrock verses, John 14.6, where Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. But also in that list of important verses, famous verses, bedrock verses, verses that we cling and hold on to, we would have a whole bunch that are found in this letter that Paul writes to the Philippians. I think about Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I imagine you have clung to this verse which says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I think about Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, where Paul said, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. 
Or how about Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, where, where he, Paul says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Or he goes on to the next verse, Philippians 2, verse 5, and he says, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. I also think about another bedrock verse that I'm sure you've held on to, that you've quoted, maybe even you've memorized, Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, where Paul said, forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to the prize for which Christ has called me heavenward. And, and I think about that verse, and then of course there's a verse that we're going to spend a, uh, some time in in the upcoming weeks. And that's Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. It's a verse that, a couple of verses that I know you've held on to. Verses that say, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with, your, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And then that next verse that we hold on to so often that says, When we do that, the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. These are powerful verses. These are life-giving verses. And they're all found in the letter to the Philippians. And so, for you and I to appreciate the magnitude of what Paul is saying, what he's going to share with us today, I want to give you a little bit of context of what he writes. And to do that, we want to step back into the letter of Acts, or the book of Acts, looking through uh, chapter 16. I'll, I'll highlight a couple of those verses. It really starts in Acts 16, verse 9, where God gave Paul a vision of a man in the region of Macedo- or Macedonia, which is really the northern and, and central area of modern-day Greece. And this man was begging for Paul to cross over the Aegean Sea and share Jesus in Europe. And then according to Acts chapter 16, verses 11 and 12, Paul and Silas's first stop in Europe was in northern Greece in this city of Philippi. It was about 10 miles from the coast. And it was there in Philippi, this first city that they came to in Europe, that two significant events occurred that helped launch the church there. The first was this. There were very few Jews who lived in Philippi. And so there was no synagogue. And so the Jews who were together on the Sabbath, they would meet down by the river. Apparently they had a van down by the river. All right. No need to laugh. Not that funny. Some of you, you might remember the reference. Anyway, they would meet down by the river. And and so Paul showed up one day and he shared the gospel with them. And and a woman named Lydia, who is a wealthy individual, and her family, they responded to the good news of Jesus Christ and they gave their life to Christ and they they were baptized. In fact, the Bible even tells us in Acts chapter 16, verses 13 through 15, that Lydia's home became the base of operations for the very first church in Europe. There was a second important event that happened, and it was the conversion of a Folsom corrections officer. No, not Folsom. It was a Philippians uh, corrections officer. And so Paul and Silas, they had cast out a demon from this, from this slave girl, and, and, and the owners weren't thrilled about that because they were, uh, you know, she was their source of income. So these slave owners convinced the city leaders to have Paul and Silas thrown into prison because she was their only source of income. So Paul and Silas were flogged almost to the point of death. They were thrown into prison with their feet fastened to the stocks. 
And the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 16, verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. I don't know about you, but that verse rocks my world. I mean, think about it. There is Paul and Silas, and they are suffering in prison with their backs ripped open from the flogging. And what are they doing? They're praying, and they're singing praises to God. I want you to pause there for a moment. And I really want you to think about this. How often do you find yourself in circumstances or situations that are painful or even unfair? I mean, right now, we're all stuck. We are all stuck at home. We are stuck in the uncertainty. We are stuck in these circumstances. And it's not fair. And it's painful to varying degrees with different people. And the question is, how do you act? And how do you react when you are stuck in your circumstances? Now, i got to tell you, some people, they are expert complainers. I mean, they just really are. I mean, they have mastered the art and the science of making themselves and those around them miserable, right? You might even know some of those people, and they have thus assured themselves that others will try to avoid them at all costs because they don't want to be around those type of people who have that negative outlook on life. But look at Paul and Silas. They're stuck in prison with their feet locked in the stocks. Their backs are shredded raw. And they are having church in prison. They are worshiping Jesus. They are lifting up the name of Jesus. Nothing is holding them back from praising God. Well, that story goes on in Acts chapter 16 in verse 26 and following. And while they're singing, the Bible says, and and while they're praising God, God sends a powerful earthquake that shakes open the the cell doors and it it causes the chains to, to break apart and break free. Paul and Silas, they're free. The corrections officer thinks that everyone has escaped and he's about to kill himself because he was responsible for for the prisoners and those above him take that seriously and they would execute him. And so he said, I'm just going to beat him too and I'm going to execute myself. And Paul says, hold on, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Wait a minute, we're all here. We haven't gone anywhere. This prison guard is so overwhelmed by Paul's response and and really observing and watching him and Silas as they were in these unfair circumstances. And and, and they were terrible circumstances. And so then he asked them the most important question you could ever ask. And that is found in Acts 16, verse 34, or excuse me, verse 30. And he asked the question, what must I do to be saved? In other words, I want what you have because I don't have that. I've been watching you. I've been observing you. I've watched your behavior. I want what you have. I need that in my life. And then Paul and Silas, they responded to the question, what must I do to be saved? And they said in verse 31, Acts chapter 16, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. And so that jailer, along with the rest of his family, that very night they gave their lives to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They were baptized that very night. And thus the church grew. You see, that was Paul's experience in Philippi. Now, before we pick up together in Philippians, we're going to start in chapter 1. I'd encourage you to open your Bibles and go to the YouVersion Bible app, or, or the notes are even uh, there right as you're watching online in the notes section. Any of those places you can go to. Uh, we're going to pick up in verse 3 in a moment, but let me give you one more th- uh, thought 
that makes this whole letter and Paul's attitude in this letter so extraordinary. Not only did Paul have a a painful experience while stuck in the Philippian jail with Silas that evening, but, but he writes this letter to the Philippians while he's now stuck in a Roman prison awaiting possible execution. You can read about that in Acts chapter 28. Did you catch it? He's stuck again in prison again. But here's the key. None of those challenges rob him of something that he had that I want. None of those challenges robbed him of joy. None of those challenges robbed him of the joy that is so important for the Christian life. Now how is it that Paul was able to experience a joy that's so powerful that it transcends all of our human understanding, that it transcends our circumstances? What is the secret? Because you might be stuck in circumstances right now. But I need to let you know, you don't need to be stuck in an attitude. You can be stuck in your circumstances, but you don't need to be stuck in your attitude. You can and have and experience the joy of the Lord. In Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 says this, The joy of the Lord is my what? What does it say? The joy of the Lord is my, say it out loud, the joy of the Lord is my strength. So the question is, what is joy? Well, people have been describing biblical joy and defining it, you know, for centuries. I just really like what John Piper's definition is. He says this, Christian joy is a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the Word and in the world. So how do we live a life of joy? How do we live a life of joy having that good feeling in our soul that enables us to see the beauty of Christ in the Scriptures, but also to see the beauty of Christ in our world? How do we have that? How do we experience that life of joy no matter what our circumstances, no matter what our situations, no matter what you may find yourself stuck in today? How do I experience that joy? Because that's what I want, especially with what's going on in the world today. Well, you and I can experience joy when we are stuck by thankfully focusing on the positives of our circumstances. Let me say that again. You and I can experience joy when we are stuck by thankfully focusing on the positives of our uh, circumstances. Let's pick this up in Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. And Paul says this. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Man, this is an incredible statement, especially in light of what we just learned about Paul's first few weeks in Philippi. I mean, Paul, as he, if you were to think back to that and those memories of those first few weeks, there are some pretty rough memories. I mean, let's be real for a moment. When you think back and remember some of your circumstances, maybe you remember certain people, certain situations, certain cities, certain evenings, certain situations. When you look back and remember some of those, don't they actually bring some pain? Oh, you better believe it. But if you and I are going to move in a direction of of experiencing more and more joy in our life, no matter what we find ourselves stuck in, then it's time that we begin to focus on the positives. 
and to do so with an attitude and a desire to be thankful for our circumstances. And I want you to think about this. Paul said, I remember, I remember, he said there, I remember you, verse 3, he remembers. So as he's remembering, you know what he could have said? He could have said, yeah, you know, I remember. Yeah, I remember that Lydia. Man, I, I remember her so much. She was just, she was annoying. She, she was like this entitled rich woman. She just, she didn't even understand or know her place. And yeah, I remember, I remember there was that demon-possessed girl and she just kept following us around and, and harassing us. Man, we tried to do the right thing by her and, and we cast out that demon, but that just produced more garbage for us and it made things even worse for us in fact so much so because we did that they ended up arresting us I mean I'm a Roman citizen and, and that, that, that that's just out of, you don't arrest a Roman citizen and they took it a step further they, they beat us almost to death for crying out loud and I remember I remember being tossed into that dark and dirty dungeon when my back just shredded to pieces my feet in the stocks yeah, I remember that. In fact, I remember I was there, and that was all because God gave me a dream and told me to go there. Oh, yeah, I remember. I remember well. They were terrible experiences. Was that Paul's response? Is that what Paul said? No. Paul said, I'm going to focus on the positives. I'm going to say the, see the same circumstances from a different perspective. And so Paul had a different attitude. Paul said, oh yeah, you better believe it. I remember all of you. I remember Lydia. Man, I remember her and how all her household came to faith in Jesus Christ. I remember how she opened her home to us and opened her home to the starting of this church. Man, I remember. I remember that demon-possessed slave girl and seeing her finally set free. And I remember that. And I remember singing to God while I was in prison and worshiping Almighty God when I was in jail. And that was so cool as we were doing that, that God sent this earthquake and just, just opened everything up. And we had an opportunity to walk out. But before that happened, that, you know, the, the, the prison guard, the jailer came up to us and, and we had an opportunity to talk with him. And as a result of our conversation and sharing Jesus with him, him and his whole family came to faith that night. Yeah, I absolutely remember that. And that was incredible that what happened to him and his family, it was all because we just spent an evening in jail. And when I remember, Paul said, and when I look back on my circumstances, what does he say? Man, I just thank God. Verse 3, I thank my God every time I remember you. You see, that's same circumstances, but a different perspective. Thankful, even in the midst of being stuck in what some of us could call bad circumstances. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 says, Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. Man, if you are stuck in negativity or criticalness, Paul is reminding you today, be more thankful. Be more thankful. Choose to dwell and focus on the blessings that you experience. Thankfulness is the key to being a person of joy. Thankfulness is the key to experiencing joy while stuck in difficult circumstances. You know, one of the last days that we were together as a staff before uh, we were, you know, the governor called us to not meet together, Tiffany, who was one of our staff members, was really struggling with the decision 
about whether or not she would, she would uh, risk her own health to care for her, her sick and, and, and potentially dying grandfather. And she was praying about that, and, and, and she just really felt called to say, you know what, I need to do that. I need to take care of him. Well, in that process, he got COVID-19. In that process, he ended up passing away recently. Man, our hearts go out to Tiffany and her family. It has been such a difficult time for her and all of them. Where as a result of her taking that chance and taking that risk to care for him, Tiffany got COVID-19 herself. And it has been brutal on her. She has suffered physically. She has suffered greatly. But I told her, man, you are the ultimate example to me of Jesus Christ, that you were choosing to sacrifice yourself for somebody you love. Because that's what Jesus did for us. He sacrificed himself. He gave his life for us so that we can live. That's the kind of love that I've watched Tiffany demonstrate this last month. Well, I was talking to her this week, and, and she was on day nine of having COVID-19. And as we were talking, i got to tell you, she had an amazing attitude. And it's been rough on her, but there was so much gratitude in her. She said this, she said, you know, Pastor Chris, one of the silver linings of all of this is i got to spend a whole month with my grandparents. I mean, what adult child or adult, Tiffany said, in my case, adult grandchild gets an opportunity to spend an entire month with their grandparents. I got to be there for my grandpa in those final days. I got to be there and I'm still there with my grandma as she's going through this grieving process and helping her even as she is sick. Listen, I honor Tiffany. She hasn't been with her husband and her kids for a month. I honor her family, that they would allow her to be gone and care for her grandparents. And and they've been without Tiffany. They've been without mom. They've had to make do without her. In the midst of being stuck in difficult circumstances, in the midst of the tragedy, here is Tiffany thanking God. Her words, seeing the silver lining, seeing the silver lining. The way you get through whatever you feel stuck in right now is to thank God. What is your silver lining in your circumstance, in your situation? 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You see, you may be stuck in your circumstances, but you don't have to be stuck in your attitude. You can experience the joy of the Lord by giving thanks and focusing on the positives of the circumstances in your life. You know, we can also experience joy when we're stuck by praying thankfully as we remember others. Let's look at this together. Philippians chapter 1 verse 3 again. It says this, I thank my God every time I what? What's the word? Let's say it out loud. Every time I, every time I remember you. Verse 4, in all my what? What did it say? Say it out loud. Say it proud. Say it loud. In all my yeah, prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 7, Paul said this. He said he had these Philippians in his heart. Whether I'm in chains or not, Paul said, I have you in my heart. When you and I are stuck in difficult circumstances, then think about and thankfully pray for others and to do so constantly. That's what Paul did. He's remembering them. He's thinking about them. He has them in his heart. He longs to be with them. And I got to tell you, 
That is me right now. Man, I, I just miss you so much. I really do. I miss being with you, spending time with you, being in church together. And I just ask God to bring you to my mind and, and, and try to remember you. And every time I do that and, and I start thinking about you, it just puts a smile on my face. I picture the ushers and the greeters. I picture you sitting in your various seats that you sit in each week and, and, and picture you there. And I picture the teachers in the classrooms and the kids and as I walk around sometimes and go and see them. And I just picture all of you and it just lifts my spirit It puts a smile on my face. Paul said, I think about you. I have you in my heart. I long for you. You see, when we are stuck physically apart, man, we got to stay connected digitally. We're physically apart, so we need to make the extra efforts to stay connected digitally as much as possible. So we're glad you're here watching this today. Join us each week for our services. If you watch through our live feed, which is live.lifepoint.org, you can use a very cool chat feature. Man, in fact, I want to encourage you to use that chat feature if you haven't been using it. Use it during worship through song. Use it uh, during the message even right now. Listen, churches that stream together stay together. Churches that stream together stay together. In fact, right now, on the chat, if you're able to do that right now, type in an amen. Put it in there right now. Everybody, just go. Amen. Let's get a whole bunch of amens going. You're there with your brothers and sisters in Christ and watching and participating and and, and shout that out. Amen. Amen. When we are stuck physically apart, let's stay connected digitally. You know, we Zoom with our our family now together. Heather's side of the family, my side of the family, we all do it at the same time, and it's been great. It's a way to be connected to each other. Now, even if you're all Zoomed out at this point, you're kind of tired of it, listen, it is important to stay connected, to remember one another. Paul didn't have the benefit of Zoom like you and I have, so he just had to remember in his mind. But we have technology So let's stay connected. Man, there's another way to stay connected and to remember one another and pray for one another is I would encourage you to go to our LP Kids uh, Instagram account and and check that out. We have our LP Kids uh, weekly event. Man, even if you're not a parent, you got to check it out. Seriously, it's great. You'll, You'll see Father Fitness on there, and I guarantee you, he will get you laughing. In fact, you'll never see the individual the same ever again. I can promise you that. And they have worship on there. There's a great message. This week, uh, Josiah Delgado delivered an incredible message for our kids. you got to be on social media, media, LP uh, Facebook account, LP Instagram, and and, and you go on there. I, I love what we're putting out right now for you. The devotions are just awesome. Pastor Derek did an incredible job. Dave Pepsney did an incredible job. Kim Dorman did a phenomenal job. Karen Bass, man, I loved hers. Uh, she gave a devotion, and, and then she sang a song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. I haven't heard that in years. And man, it just was so worshipful for me. And then also there's Darren and Melissa Pitts, and what an incredible devotion they gave. And if you watched it, you can go back and look at it if you haven't. If you watched it, you know they had that huge puzzle. And so I, after I watched it, and I prayed, and I prayed for them, and, the, and then I texted them and reached out, said they did a great job, and they replied back, said thanks and all that. And I said, man, that's 
Pentecostal's huge. And they're like, actually, to be honest, uh, that was so hard for us, we actually gave up on it. It was too hard. So uh, just having those and being connected through those. I, I think about Pastor Trevor, and, and he's on there, and he's, he's leading us in some worship songs throughout the week, and, and those have ministered to me. Listen, if you didn't see or hear Pastor Trevor with the three feaster girls, i got to tell you, it's heavenly. You've missed out if you haven't participated or watched that. My point is, you got to be on social media with this. LP Instagram and Facebook, LP Kids Instagram, LP Students Instagram. It really is the key to staying up to date and to help you, listen to us, to help you feel and stay connected. Paul says, I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about you. I'm longing for you. But here's the key. I'm praying for you. Man, when you are stuck physically like you are right now, then how about we step up our praying for others? As we're stuck physically, let's step up our praying for others. This is a season we need to be praying for each other more than ever. You know, I ask God to bring you to my mind, and as he, as he does, I pray for you, and then God brings more to mind, and I pray for you, and I've always prayed for you as a church, but man, that has increased tenfold in this season. And uh, for many of you, I'm praying for your specific request, as is a lot of people are. And there are so many needs in our church, and the needs are huge right now. People have lost jobs, people feeling helpless in relationships, people passing away. People getting sick and going to the hospital. There's so many needs. Frankly, I'm honestly overwhelmed by all of them. Some of you, as you're praying, you know what you can do right now? You can pray about how maybe you can be generous with some of the stimulus check that you just received, that you can be generous with others in our church who are needy and how God might want to use you to be a blessing to them. This whole season has hopefully reminded you of what matters most relationships. Relationship with God and relationships with your friends and your family. So one of the best things you can do for your friends and your family is to pray for them and pray for them often. So imagine this. Paul is under confinement. He is literally chained to a Roman guard. That was literally his circumstances. He was stuck. If anybody was stuck, Paul was stuck. And rather than gripe or grumble or or complain, Paul prayed. He just kept on praying. He kept on thanking God for his dear friends in Philippi and the fact that they had partnered with him in the gospel. Paul says, I always pray. I always pray with joy. So you and I, we can experience this joy by remembering others and praying with thanksgiving. Once again, you might be stuck in your circumstances, but you don't have to be stuck in your attitude. You might be stuck in your circumstances, but you don't have to be stuck in your attitude. You can have and experience the joy of the Lord. How does that happen? How do we experience the joy of the Lord when we are stuck? Well, we be thankful for what's happened in our lives. We, as Tiffany said, we see the silver lining in our circumstances. How do you have the joy of the Lord? How do you have joy in your life? You pray thankfully every day as you remember those who God will bring to your heart. Pray for others and remember others. Thankful for your circumstances. Thankful for others. That's how you and I experience the joy of the Lord. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, 
in this season where we feel so stuck, our circumstances are, 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 are just like Paul, it just feels like we're chained. We're being held back. We don't get to experience life like we normally do. And, and so God, whether it's being stuck physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever's happening in our life, God, thank you for your word to us today that we don't have to be stuck in our attitude. We may be stuck physically, but we don't have to be stuck in our attitude. So God, I pray that you would just cause more and more of the people who are listening to this, God, you would cause more and more of them to be thankful, to be thankful in their circumstances. God, cause more and more people who are listening to this right now to get to the place where they, they would just start thinking about and trying to remember those who matter to them. And God, as you recall those people to mind, God, I pray that you would just stir their hearts to lift their friends, their brothers, their sisters, their church family, to lift them up in prayer. God, use all of this to increase our joy so that we can be like Paul, whether we're stuck in jail, prison, our own home, whatever the case may be, that we can experience the joy of the Lord in our life. Now, that's my hope. And that's my prayer for every single person watching or listening to this today. And I pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. You can learn more about us by visiting us online at lifepoint.org. If you are ever in the Sacramento area, we would love to see you in person. Events and service times can be found on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us for our next episode.